Hey everybody, welcome to Quest for Peace. This show, if you've never seen it, is about my quest for peace. I'm trying to figure out a way to be happy, just in general, with myself. I am obsessive. I have a tendency to focus on the negative. I get irritated easily. You know, the stuff that can make you feel not so great. And over the years, I've been on this quest for about now almost seven years now. And I've gotten better at things, and I'm not the best at everything, but... I have gotten better at handling this stuff. And this show is about sharing that experience and giving you guys tips if you're trying to figure out how to be happy yourself or if uh, you just like to be voyeuristic and be like, wow, man, you were really messed up. So today we've got somebody you might have seen on this network. This is the GFQ network. So you've probably ne- – actually, I'm wrong. You've probably never seen this guy on this on this network. Uh, we've got Andrew Zarian today who's sitting in a very unusual seat. I've never sat here before. So you – It's weird. <laughs> It's a, it's a little weird. I don't think it's so normally on this show, as you are aware. I go like, oh, if if uh, people don't know you, um, who are right, you? What do I do? Yeah, so let, let's do that in case they, if you're on the GFQ network and you don't know who Andrew is, that's uh, kind of silly. But why don't you explain to people who you are and what you do? Uh, I run this network that we're on right now. I do podcasts all day long, every right. day, uh, and uh, I I put out fires pretty much for a living. Yeah, you like you were just doing the engineering work just a second ago, and I'm now doing you're... the engineering right now. I'm looking at the chat room. I'm checking the email. I'm making sure all the streams are working. I'm making sure there's audio. Uh, so I pretty much do everything here. Right, but you except except for production stuff like suncast. You are absolutely uh, obsessive, like I am, and so it's yeah, one, really one, one of the reasons why we're friends is like we we get really obsessed over things. How are you been dealing with that? We, we, you were on the very first episode of the show. So are you any more peaceful now, or are you still really crazy obsessed? Uh, I have my days. So we were talking off the air. Mm-hmm. I turned 30 last year. I'm 31 now. But right before I turned 30, I had a almost like a, not a breakdown, but an awakening mm-hmm. that I needed to kind of change the way I was doing certain things. So I changed my diet, and I started eating better, and I kind of learned to let things go. But I have my days where it's absolutely awful. You know, you get up and, and that day is the day that you're going to drop everything and, and be able to function and nothing is going to irritate you. And then you're going to have another day that you're sitting on a plane and the person in front of you is just doing something so minuscule to them. But for you, it's just driving you crazy. Like a pen clicking kind of thing? Pen clicking or, or eating. I have a big problem with watching people eat. You know, the weird thing is when it comes to things like the DMV, right? You got to sit there forever. For some reason, I'm completely fine with that. Plane delays, completely fine with that. I'm just going to sit there because I basically know now I'm going to be stuck. So why on earth? What what am I going to do? I really can't do anything. It's out of your control. For the DMV, for some reason. That's like, like, and I was, like, I make games out of it and I sit around and I will you know, try to figure out what is that person doing here? What are they thinking? I'll make up, you know, little stories about people in my own head to figure out, you know, how are they existing? Like, what is existence like? And think about that kind of thing. Efficiency is something that really bothers me when things aren't efficient, when they could be. Uh, I went to, it was an event, and it was supposed to be a tour of a place that we were going to. And before the tour, there was this, this entire process of explaining us what the tour is about and what we're doing. And they literally took an hour to explain 20 minutes of information. And it drove me crazy. And I'm with my wife, and I'm sitting there. She's seeing I'm getting irritated. And she's asking, like, why are you getting mad? And the reason why I'm getting mad is that it's, it wasn't efficient enough for me. It could have been done in 20 minutes. There's no reason why we're here for an hour. This doesn't make sense to me. And I can't let that go. Where was this? Uh, I don't want to say where it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, I can't, I can't say what it was. 
All right, so it's, it's so you're not peaceful at all. You're crazy. Well, I'll give you another example. Yesterday we went car shopping, and I was able to deal with the fact that we went to an extra place. So I like to be really scheduled with you know where we're going, what we're doing, what time we're coming back. And we decided we're going to go to another place. I've learned to kind of let that scheduling thing go where I could add something to my schedule where before I couldn't. How much notice do you need to, before you do that? Because for me, when I, ha- when I get a plan that's changed, like, okay, we're going to do this, and, like, and it changes within four seconds, I'm like, why, why do we have a plan? Yeah. And I will get stuck there. Me too. As opposed to just going, well, that old plan doesn't matter, so move along and try to continue what you're doing. I get really stuck on those things. And we just, I did a previous episode, you've, you've heard it, with Nate Langston, the idea of like trying to think, hey, what can I do about this? I got to work on that. The idea of like, okay, if I can't take action, I'm going to go mad. But like, it's, it's still right now for me to stay happy day by day. It's, I, it's almost like my brain is obsessed with finding problems. And if it doesn't have a problem, it'll create a new one that, is, that there is no problem. Is, is your problem more what other people are doing? where you can't understand, like, I can't understand why people are late. That's not, That drives me crazy. Like, if we say we're meeting at 6.15, if you're 30 minutes late, I don't understand how you're 30 minutes late, because I was here on time. I'm capable of showing up. Unless you got hit by a car, I can't. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, things like that, that I can't, I'm learning to let go, where things happen. You know, it, it happens. You're late. So what? Yeah, I think for me, I don't. I, I I no longer I think one of my bigger things I've done differently now is I don't need to understand why people do stuff. Like I don't care why you did it, but what is it that you actually did? Yeah. Um. It and if I can't understand it, and I can't figure out. Okay, well this person did this because they were trying to be nice. Like I don't need to necessarily know that. I mean, if they're trying to be nice, and that's and it seems like it's really weird. Their intention is much more important. But like I don't need to understand it anymore. It's like well that happened. Otherwise, I'm obsessed about the intention, which I can't, I can never prove. So, what's yeah. the point? I think mine is mine is partially obsessive compulsiveness, uh, like chairs. You've seen me do like the chair game when we go out for, for a drink, mm-hmm. and you'll see me do it today. I have, I will be really uncomfortable if I don't get my chair. Why is that? Uh, because I, that's where I sit. That is where I'm supposed to be. If I'm, I could be off by one or two. Like I have this three rows of chairs I could sit in at, at the bar that we're gonna go to. If I sit at the corner or if I sit another one, I'm very uncomfortable. I'll deal with it, but I'm uncomfortable that we're there. I've ever asked you what, what you do to make yourself happy. What do you do to be happy, by the way? Because like I, I've, I know that I obsess about things. I'm like, what am I actually doing on a day-by-day basis to be happy? Not like I'm putting aside being angry, but like the thing, I, like for me, I like, I like exercising. I like listening to music. I like listening to podcasts and things like that. That actually will make me happy. So I should continuously do them to continue that. What do you do to be happy? It's kind of similar to yours. So um, exercising makes me happy. Working out makes me happy. Because, I mean, but that's also chemical. You know, the mm-hmm. endorphins mm-hmm. are pumping and you're able to kind of get the, the, the depression or sadness or anger out of you when you're doing that. Um, I watch pro wrestling and I love it. So I sit, in, I sit in my bedroom and I turn the air conditioner on and I watch pro wrestling for hours. Yeah, but pro wrestling can make you go crazy, though. That's part of it, though. Like, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, for me, for me it's, it's, it's just watching something that I enjoy. I mean, going out makes me happy. I have a great group of friends, so you know, just going out and, and just hanging out and just talking and complaining about my day makes me happy. One, one positive thing about me is that I'm, I don't hold back if I'm upset at something. If something is affecting me, I want to talk to people about it because I kind of get their perspective. 
on if I'm crazy or not. You know, my wife is is the total opposite of me. So she knows exactly how to defuse me. And that's kind of what you need. I think a lot of people need that, mm-hmm. and they, they may not. Um, I I have a friend that is exactly like me, but their spouse fuels their insanity. When they're upset at something, instead of saying, you know, it's kind of silly that you're acting like that, but maybe you should step back, and this is how I would react. She actually pushes the anger. You know, it's like, yeah, I think you're right. I think this should have happened, and you're right. Maybe maybe you should go say that to your boss. Maybe you should say, you know, go to hell or whatever. Jess is, is a total opposite. She's not a hothead. So she's able to kind of bring me down from that point. Hmm. Um, I, and, I, and that's why I like to talk to people because most people are normal and I'm out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doing this show, I've gotten a lot of good insights from lots of different people. And like, I, 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 I realize that I need to really kind of slow down. This is something that a lot of people tell me, slow down. And, and I get frustrated at that concept. Why do I have to slow down? Why can't everyone speed, speed up? up? Why on earth am I supposed to be like, okay, you're gonna, I know exactly what you're going to say. I know where we're going in this conversation. Can I just finish it for you? And I know that's incredibly rude, and it sounds like I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm really smart. But like it's, sometimes I'm right. And it's like, do you have that problem? Do you feel like sometimes people are operating like really slowly, and you're like, just get to it? I, I was just talking about this to somebody. Um like emails, for example, right? If I send you an email, I know you got it. I know you got the email. Unless it's like your, your email where I don't get it, which happened today. Uh, but I know you got the email. Like we're in the middle of a discussion. Why does the discussion have to stop for three hours? Because now I'll obsess over the fact that the discussion is on hold and I'm just waiting for you to respond with your yes or no in an email. Like things like that will drive me nuts because you're not, Again, you're not operating efficiently. Oh, that would drive you crazy because I suck at email lately. Do you? I- Usually from my, it's, it's weird. If it's like business, I will be right on top of it. It's my friends. I'm like, okay, this can wait. I can get to oh, them yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Personal stuff is fine. I'm talking about business stuff. I'm talking about, you know, you reached out to me for something. I'm responding back. And then it goes silent for like two days. There's no reason. You could have answered it. You chose not to. Yeah, it's business. So now. it's like stuff like that that'll drive me crazy. But I, I mean, I've gotten a lot better over since coming on your show. I've done a lot of soul searching in the sense like you should let this go. And what I've decided is that every year I'm going to let two things go. Two things like two things that drive me crazy. I'm going to let go. How do you go about doing that? You just don't react to it. So I'm aware of what my reaction would be. And I tell myself, this is not how you're going to react at this moment. See, I get caught up. And even though it bothers me, yeah. it'll bother me. The entire time that I'm saying I'm not going to react this way, I'm still bothered by it on the inside. But I'm not – I'm kind of suppressing it to the point that it no longer will bother me. Okay, I could see that. You know, that, that was something I've been doing since the start of this show was the art of not communicating. Because <laughs> one of my – Biggest problems was literally just telling people what's on my mind. So if something's bothering me, I would tell them. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is when you do that, you are not causing, unless it's going to cause some kind of breakthrough with the other person or something's going to change, it is just going to irritate them. Like, hey, by the way, you know, when you did this, oh, you left, you left this out again. You left a little twisty tie off the bread again. Yeah. Like, okay, seriously, that is not a problem. And now you're going to have a conversation about something that doesn't matter. And the time it would take you to have this conversation you could have put the bread thing yourself. 
So just don't, there's no need to have these conversations anymore. And I've been pushing myself to not just as, look, I get, I get easily irritated. The thing about me though, is I get irritated for about like a couple seconds. Is it with everybody or will it be like, if it's a total stranger, will you get irritated or is it only people that you have some sort of relationship with? I have very high expectations of people that know me. Yeah. That's the worst thing. So the closer you are to me, the more expectations I have. So if it's a stranger and they're just being silly and I'm just like, I will never have to see this person again. They might be irritating. They might be, let's say they're clipping their nails on the, on the subway or something. I like, I will never have to see this person again, but the closer they are, the more I am expecting them to know me at this point. So they got to kind of like deal with me, which yeah. is why I'm trying to be better because dealing with me shouldn't be a phrase. It should be like enjoying company with me. Not like, <laughs> Oh, that's Ayaz again. He's he's gonna be an asshole. It's like I I kind of uh I, I think I spoke about it the last time I was on the show. I kind of created this system where I've gotten people to accept my crazy because how? I've made you, it part of how did you my do that? charm. Okay, explain that. Um, so I've informed people of my crazy. Mm-hmm. I've informed people that I uh, I will not do certain things. I will not drive upstate to see you. I will not uh. Don't call me after nine o'clock. I'm not going to come out with you or I will not go to this type of place or that place. So I've created these rules in being involved with me when we meet. People are really aware that I'm out of my mind. And then it becomes part of my charm. It's like, oh, well, it's just Andrew being Andrew. You know, it's like one of those. So when I do something that goes above and beyond what's your expectation, I set the expectation so low. Mm -hmm. So when I actually show up, it's a big deal. My wife's cousin had a party, and Jess was away. She was in Poland at the time. And I went to the party. They were blown away that I showed up. That, that's a really interesting way and to it was, do it. And it was a simple thing. I just showed up. I mean, it was, it was her birthday. You're supposed to go to a birthday for a relative. But I have created this system around me where when I do something like that, it's a big deal. I try to do that. I try to set expectations. I was thinking about that just recently. A bunch of friends, I guess Facebook friends, were having birthdays. And I'm just like... Okay, one, if I didn't remember it, I shouldn't be wishing them a happy birthday. That's part of yeah. it. And the other thing is, like, I was thinking about this, literally writing this on Facebook saying, I will not give you a happy birthday wish necessarily. It doesn't mean I wish you ill that day. It just means that I don't know what good this phrase is going to do because... There's I, 500 other ones. Well, here's, here's the thing. I never... And Liz and I have actually... We talked about this. And I don't understand the phrase happy birthday. She goes, what do you mean you don't understand it? I go... What is it? Are they telling you to have a happy birthday? Is that like a command? Is it? Is it? I wish you a happy birthday. So you, I wish you have a good day. But they don't say it. It's just like a shorthand. Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, they want you to have a good day. I'm like, But why the hell are they telling me what to do on my day? Yeah. That's how I. That, that's what my brain processes as opposed to going. This is what normal people say to other people. Yeah. And I, I know when people say that to me, I'm like, Thank you. That's what I gotta say. See, see you know what bothers me? It, Let's let's air out our grievances about people, right? Um, People seem to get enjoyment from doing new things. A lot of people do, and a lot of people don't. I don't go to people when they tell me that they're going out to dinner. They went to this place, so they went to that place. I never go to them and say, why do you always go someplace new? Why aren't you content with where you're going? What I get always is, why do you always go to the same places? You always go to the same bar. You always go to the same restaurant. You always go to the same places. And I said, because I enjoy it. 
that's what brings me happiness. That's what makes me happy. To go to know that I'm going to get something positive. It's not a surprise. I hate surprises. That's interesting. I, I I've gone back and forth on that. I have like my favorite places, and then I I sometimes I want I will take just okay and a new experience over like good and normal for some reason. Just on, yeah. on, it depends on the occasion of the day. Like sometimes I'm like, let's just go somewhere new because I mean after a while when when everybody knows you at the place, it's kind of like I'm here too often. Yeah, and I I liked that and was I something. Like that, but I like that. See, but don't you? I like the whole cheer. I want to be norm. You know, I think part of the happiness thing for me is being in. A, I live in Manhattan now, which is really awesome. I know I'm the, at, at GFQ, I came here via train because I like Manhattan. One of the things I liked about it is the anonymity. I like not being known for anything. Like when I went to school, I went to Boston University and had a huge student body. So, you know, you could mess up with somebody and you'd never see him again. So that's great. It's thousands of students. The same thing with New York is it's, it's so big. When I was living in Petaluma, like, people got to know me, and I'm just like... Because they see you every day. Right, yeah. and it's kind of like, um, I don't want to know you. I'm sorry, I have no interest in knowing you, but you kind of have to know them because it's a small town. Yeah. And this is very self-involved. So you guys are learning that I'm a horrible person. Uh, but yeah, I don't... There's only, like, I only I have a... You want to be a small fish in a giant pond. I enjoy a small, select group of people. Okay. Uh, I know friends of mine are like, why don't you follow me on Twitter? What? I was like, well, one, do you write interesting things? That's the first question I say. And they're usually like, what does that mean? I'm like, I am wasting my time reading this. Yeah. Well, you better be good. Yeah. All right. Like or Facebook, same thing. Like if you're not writing interesting things, I won't, I'll, I'll I won't unfriend you, but I'll block your stuff. Right. So it, it's, see, I'm trying to set the expectation, but it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a weird thing with people. And, and I think it really like, you're talking about like your friends, right? Mm-hmm. I keep a very small group of people in my in my inner circle, people that even the people that work with me. There's not one person that does a show on the network that I cannot go out and have a five hour conversation over drinks. And I don't want to work with someone that I can't do that with. Mm. And people think, you know, why don't you expand? Why don't you bring more shows on? I get asked that all the time. Well, because I'm I'm selfish and I need to know that this person is my type of person. There are tons of people out there. And, and you know, sometimes you think about who, who you're making a connection with and why you have a connection with that person. Why is it that I could sit down with you and have conversation after conversation mm. and other people I just can't even say anything to? Yeah, it gets awkward and stilted. It just gets really awkward. And you you may have similar interests, but it's just not there. There's nothing that, that it is not there. Yeah, I think part of this, like the idea of being happy for me is knowing not how lousy a person I am, but knowing my faults, right? You got to know what your faults are because when you do, you can actually address them. That's what you yeah. can do something about it. And like like you said, like I, I don't like traveling very often. I don't like the idea of, I don't like, I don't like leaving Manhattan, okay? Like if, yeah. if, if, uh, if Liz wants to go to the east side, I'm just like, I don't want to, the east side? Oh my God, cross town? I, I are go you cro- crazy? It's, it's not that far. It's only like, you know, 15 minutes. You got to go south to go north and whatever. But like, it's weird because I'm just like, I'm yeah. really content. I'm like, I'm happy that we live in a good place, that the location is great. So I'm like, why do we have to leave here? It's awesome. Yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you a great example of that. And, and it's scary how alike we are. Um, a relative gave us a very nice gift card to a restaurant on the Upper East Side, a very, really good restaurant. I was like, okay, we'll go. Just like, are you sure we'll, you want to go? Because um, I could go with someone else if you don't want to go. I'm like, no, 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 we'll go. 
the night before I look at, you know, what, what train I got to take, I'm like, wait a minute, it's on the Upper East Side. I got to get to Penn Station, and then I got to go back east, mm-hmm. and then I got to go up. I got to take three trains. Why would this person do this to me? <laughs> and I started screaming, what a selfish person this this person is to not think about my computer. I was genuinely angry that this person gave me this gift card because now I feel like I have to use it. So wait, you, you thought they were doing you a disservice, they, to, but yeah, they intentionally yeah. did that? Yeah, like like it's an inconvenience. It was I thought it was a passive-aggressive gift. Yeah, I, that was something uh, I used to believe too. Uh, my therapist was like, you're narcissistic. They're not thinking of you. They're not doing Well, that. see, that's the problem. Then they should have thought of me. They should have thought, <laughs> will Andrew go here? See, that's my mentality. They're not thinking of me when they're buying it. They're buying it because they enjoyed this place, not thinking, will he enjoy this place? I, I ended up not going. I lost my mind that day, and I refused to go. You, have you you've never been to this place now? No, you and I'm go. not going to go. You should go. I'm not going to go. Well, it was an inconvenience. I'm not going to take three trains. Why am I going to take three trains to go drink, eat dinner, and then have to take three trains back? That's an inconvenience. So they should have given you a car. I have, I have a, I, a car service would have been nice. There you go. But you know what I mean? It's like things like that that go through my mind. And I've just learned to either. I, I don't, it's hard. Like, you know what it is? Like now you're thinking about this and you're mm-hmm. like, well, have I really changed? I've learned to remove things out of my life that I don't want to do. That's something that I've started doing. How do you do that? Um, I just refuse to do it. If it's not going to make me happy, I'm not going to do it. I used to suck it up, and I used to be miserable, and I used to sit there, and I used to tap my feet on the floor and just get angry that I'm putting myself in the situation. When it was supposed to be like a, like a happy situation, like going to a wedding in Pennsylvania. Great example. That sounds horrible. It sounds horrible, right? Mm-hmm. We had to go to a wedding in Pennsylvania, and I went, and I sat there, and I had to drive back. So now I'm not drinking. I'm just counting down because the wedding's going to end. I'm going to be tired to drive back. And I just said to myself, I will never do this again. I will never put myself in a situation where I am unhappy when it's supposed to be a happy moment. Okay, so how do you handle the social pressure then? Because I know I've tried that a couple of times and uh, it's working. Like birthdays and stuff? Yeah, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't want, like, you know, I'll go to, to events and things. But, like, also because I keep moving around, uh, hopefully yeah. I'm not moving again. But, like, it's a little easier for me to not to go hang out with people because they're far and away, right? But how do you get people to – I mean, you, you said you, you, you set the expectation low. I do. I set it low. Uh, but, you know, I have a good group of people. Genuinely, people like me that I'm around, obviously, because then they wouldn't be around me. But if, if, it's, if it's a scenario where you're having a birthday and it's at 9 o'clock on the Upper East Side – at some at some club, and you invited me, I would feel that I had to come because you invited me. You thought of me and you invited me. But now my mentality is, why would you want me there knowing that I'm unhappy? And it's selfish of me to show up and to make you realize that I'm un- unhappy because I make the day about me. If you're the host of the party and you see that I'm miserable, you're going to be obsessing over the fact that I'm unhappy. You're going to be thinking, well, why is he unhappy? What can I do to make him happy? So I just don't show up. I just tell them, I'm like, no, I'm not coming. It's too far for me. Sorry. You know, I've shed a lot of friends over the years because, like, they were, I don't want to say tearing me down, but they wouldn't be encouraging of my crazy projects. Were they I was clingy? Doing. Like clingy friends? No, or? it's more like they would not doubt me, but they wouldn't be supportive of whatever I was trying to do. And that's like, well, that's not good because I, I, I know people who keep friends like that. Yeah. That are, like, they're not using them, but they're, like, close to it. They're dependent on them. So it's like... 
I found that it's helped me a lot to surround myself with people that are going to be like, okay, listen, your idea is crazy, but when you do it, we're behind you. Yeah. We're not gonna give you money or anything. It's like, but, but we're gonna help. Like, we we're will pat support, you on the back, gonna, yeah. and we're like, when if you got an issue, like, talk to us. Like that kind of support system is like super helpful when you try to do crazy stuff like this. Like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna do a talk show. I'm just gonna talk on the internet. That's gonna be my job. Like, that was not an option when I was growing up. Like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, I want to talk on the internet. What is the internet? There's no internet when I was a kid, so it's not like something you could say. Yeah. Um, this idea of surrounding yourself with people. That support you, no matter how stupid the idea is, is always helpful. Yeah, and and I listened. Like I have a couple friends that are like that. They're they're always in between jobs, and they always come up with these ideas, and they're trying. And you know, the, the I came up with a crazy idea, and I had people told me not to do this, and they said, "Well, what do you know about radio? What do you know about broadcast? What do you know about you know audio, video?" And I said, "I don't know anything about it. I'm just going to do it." And they thought I was nuts. And then I had the friends that said, wow, you know what? That sounds really cool. And that's all you have to say to someone. That sounds really interesting. That sounds really cool. Tell me about it. And even if it's a dumb idea, just having them tell you will help them. Are you any good at taking positive feedback? Because for the longest time, I had such an issue with it. People be like, oh, you did a great job. And I'm like, and? Or but? What's, what's the next yeah. thing? And I'd be looking for like the, the hit after it. Do you, are you good with positive I feedback? I wasn't, but I've, and I've gotten really good because now I know when I do something positive. If someone comes and says, you did a great show, and I know it was a great show, I'll take that really well. I mean, I'll be, I'll be proud of that moment. But if I did something, cra- if I think I did a crappy job and someone tells me I did a really good job, I have a, I have a difficult time with that. I've tried to just accept it. If somebody's like, that was really good, yeah. and I'm like, I felt that it was horrible. It's like, well, now the two opinions have been stated I don't like I don't like trying to be convinced of it. It's like, okay, yeah. listen, I already think this and if you want me to show you want to show playback, fine, it's fine. But um I, I dislike it when people are trying to prove that I'm wrong the way I feel. I'm like, that's the way I feel. Yeah. I can't if you want to argue about that, like I've run into that a lot where people are like, Well, no, you don't feel that way. It's like, um I would know. I'm me. It, it it's it's weird, you know, we take our personality issues and then we try to make sense of it. And then someone says something like, hey, you did a great job on your show. And then like, I want to think, I think to myself, did you really watch the show? What was I talking about? Did you put it on for, how long did you put it on for? Like, I always wanted, like, that's, that goes through my mind, but I've really changed the way that I think about that. And I just say, oh, thanks a lot, man. That's it. Yeah, I, I think that's another reason why uh, unhappiness can fester is that you literally think about something too much. Yeah. It's all you got to do is, it's, it's, it's funny, because if, you, if you're having a crappy time at any given time, all you got to do is think, why am I focusing on the crappy part of it? I mean, I can, I can imagine the idea of being in, in a nightclub and it's thumping music and it sounds horrible. The whole thing sounds horrible. You got to do something about it. Like, get out. But like any situation can be made better. I think we're talking with Nate and I talked to, I think, Jonathan Strickland about cognitive behavior uh, therapy. It was basically, it was a Daniel Bryan thing. Yeah. You, you remember, remember this thing where yeah. he effectively constantly thinks – this is a good thing that's happening to me. Or how can I make this a good thing? And it's really about your own reaction to stuff. That's the only thing you can control, right? Otherwise, you can just be miserable all the time. Because I know I will obsess and I will think about, why didn't I say this? Or why did she say this to me? Or what did that mean? Why? Like, I will, I will parse out things far too much because that's what my brain does. It's just like, I need to look for something. But to train it to go, it doesn't matter. That's already been done. 
And what good are you going to get out of this? Because otherwise, I will be miserable, and I will sit there and be, like, fuming, and it's it's visible. That's the other yeah. thing about me. I have an expressive face. I have these eyebrows, so they, they look like, look like it's a Groucho Marx kind of deal. Look at me. <laughs> I mean, I'm a freaking cartoon. I look like a magician. <laughs> A Persian magician in Brian Park. I'm working on uh, keeping a very poker face when I'm upset, but that's that's damn near impossible for I me. I can't. I have my I have my my jaw. If I'm thinking, my jaw sticks out. I, I like have like an underbite like mm-hmm. that, and if I start biting the side of my mouth, it's I'm at like DefCon one. I'm learning. Like I'm, my head is about like the steam and the cartoon is coming out of my ear. I'm learning to relax my face because I can feel all, your face. all the tension in my face. Like when I'm upset, like it's just like it's all there. And this is part of like I did a guided meditation about, about this where it's literally try to feel what you are feeling. Like if you're upset, how does your body feel? And I'm like, okay, well, I hold tension in my neck. I know that. I know my face, my jaw starts to hurt because I'm really clenching my mouth. And I'm just like, okay, do you feel that? Yes, I feel that. Now try to undo it. It's very hard to do that. At least I'm working on it. But if you can, it actually makes you aware of what's going on. And on top of it, it lets yeah. you know, you know, this is going to pass. Like, that's the other, another thing that I'm starting to try to really understand on a day-by-day basis is like, okay, be miserable today. Is that what you want to do? Because you have a choice. Yeah. You can be miserable. Fine. Are you enjoying that? Why are you continuing to be miserable? Why on earth... This is this is something I was talking uh, uh, to Liz about careers, and I was like, "Why why do people not go after their dreams? I don't understand." And I, I like because at some point, like I just decided that's it. This is what I'm deciding. I'm yeah. gonna just like go for it. I don't have a lot of time on Earth. I'm gonna go after whatever the heck I'm going after. Um, I, I like I just I have I have a, such a weird reaction to seeing people go. Uh, well, I you know I really don't like what I'm doing, and I, I I can't stand it, but I can't get out. I can't change, make a change. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people get stuck with that, and that's something that I that I swore to myself I will never do. My father told me the best thing ever that that totally changed my entire life. I was probably 16 or 17, and my father came home. He was exhausted from work, and he went to the fridge and he got a beer. It was a it was a Budweiser. I mean, it wasn't even great beer. And he sat there and he drank this beer. It was the best thing he did that day. And I went and I started talking to him. He's like, I'm going to tell you something. He's like, I don't care what kind of money you make. Uh, make as much money as you, as you want to make. I don't care what kind of career you have. But never work as hard as I work. Because he was working like 90 hours a week. And he goes, do not do that to yourself. Do not get stuck. If you're unhappy, doesn't matter if you're married. Doesn't matter if you have five kids. Doesn't matter if you have, you're in serious debt. Leave it and start something else. And I always stuck with that. That always, I mean, always, I've. I don't, when it comes to my career, I will not do something that I don't want to do. I give up opportunities constantly. I get presented with job opportunities. I get presented with consulting gigs. If it doesn't feel right and I don't want to do it, I will not do it. The money, it's not about the money for me. It's about how happy I am with what I do. Does that make you happy? If you, do you have that fear of missing out kind of thing? I've, I've heard of that. And I, I could see, I used to have that issue where like I'd see everybody on Facebook seems like they're having a great time and it's obviously their, you know, uh, curated life and it looks awesome. Then I was like, Okay, I really shouldn't be focused on what other people are doing. And, and do you ever run into that? Um, you know, in my twenties, I was pretty miserable, and I, that's how I thought. But I have, a, I have a, you know, um, I have a great life. I got a great wife. I got, you know, I have a great group of friends. I have a job that allows me to go out and say, you know what, I'm going to go out drinking at two in the afternoon today, because that's what I've created for myself. I've, I've created this bubble around me where I, I'm pretty happy. My career, career-wise, I'm totally happy. My personal life. 
I'm as happy as I could possibly ever get. Because I'm not a happy person. <laughs> well, so this this is me at a ten on the happy scale. So when it comes to um, you know the idea of like just dropping everything, restarting, and doing things, I know that a lot of people get. I don't. I try not to do this. Try. They get obsessed over thinking there's something better. There's always something better. There's always something better. Though. But that's the thing. Like so, they they decide that I'm blowing something up. I'm going to move to the next thing. Um, how do you stop yourself from thinking, okay, this could be better, I could just blow this up, considering the advice you got? So, well, let me give you an example of GFQ, right? I could make this, I could have grown this more than it is. Uh, I mean, that that's the reality of it. I could have, uh, you know, hired somebody, I could have gotten investments, I could have done way more to make this a lot bigger. But will I be happy if that was a situation? If this was a lot larger, would I be happy? If I went to the next level, would I be happy? So for me, it's not about my career. It's about how happy I am at this, at this very moment. Am I content with the stuff that's happening? Does it give me flexibility in my personal life? Uh, those are the things that matter. Uh, for others, it's career. You know, They want a title. They want more money. They want to continue growing, and they want to continue going up the ladder. But for me, it's more about are you happy with the current situation that you're in? If I'm happy, I'll continue doing it. If I'm not happy with where I am right now and I want to do something more, that's when I decide to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't put I don't put a I don't put a timeline on anything. You know, when you when you give yourself, if you say, okay, in three years I'm going to be here, in five years I'm going to be here, in ten years I'm going to be here, you're kind of forcing yourself to one path. You're not allowing yourself to think of other things, and maybe another opportunity comes because that's not in your vision. Well, I mean, isn't having a path a good thing you want to be, i mean a light path is fine but i know people i have i have a friend he's he's works for a law firm actually and he just left he just quit the job and he started his own practice and his father was against him doing this his father's he owns uh, he's a business guy he owns a bunch of restaurants and he goes why do you want to work for yourself because this is no you have a great job but for him it was overwhelming that he knew that in two years, this is where he has to be. In five years, this is where he has to be. In 10 years, this is where he has to be. It was too much. It was overwhelming for him because that's the path that you have decided and that's the path you're going to go on. Either you're not going to grow beyond whatever is selected for you at that moment or B, you're going to give up on opportunities because that is not in your grand vision. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm also still thinking though, um, I'm going to be 40 in four years, which is horrifying to think about. But like, what do I want to do? For the rest, I mean, because like this, basically, at this point in my life, I got to figure out what am I going to do for the rest of my life because that's it. Like, this is it. After it's, forty, yeah. it's not like I'm, I mean, I, it's I, over. The idea they of take you out in the back and they, you know, well, yeah. Once I hit forty, they will, yeah, they put me in <laughs> one slug in the in the forehead. That'll be the end of it. But uh, the idea of choosing something forever, it's like it's a bizarre it's idea hard, to me. Yeah. It's like I'm trying to stay open to whatever is happening because it's like. I didn't know I was going to be doing this show. I didn't know I was going to move to California. I didn't know I was going to move back. I seriously didn't know that. Yeah. Like this has been a crazy ride so far. So, but then again, if you're if you're going towards what makes you happy, that's the goal, right? Like that's, that's the goal. Yeah. At the end, that's the goal. Um, you know, my wife changes jobs all the time, and that's because she can't. I'm I'm a little bit of I'm a little different. For me, it's am I happy at this very moment? And even if she's happy, she wants to move up because she feels that she could put more into it. There's a bigger vision for her. That, and that's how she sees it. You know, she doesn't think that it's not, again, for her, it's not about the money either. It's about knowing that she's doing 100% of her full potential. For me, 
I'm a, I can put in half the potential, but am I happy doing it? Am I happy sitting at a dead-end job and getting paid a lot of money? For her, she's not. For me, I could probably do that because I'm happy. Or maybe if I'm not happy, then I'm not going to do it. But if I was happy, I would do it. She has left jobs that she loved because she felt that she wasn't able to put in 100% at that position. Yeah, they didn't being, require it. Being utilized, uh, that, that was an issue I had in other places I've worked with. They're like, well, we don't need you. And I'm like, well, I'm here and you're paying me, so you should yeah. use me as much as you can because I like doing this stuff. So, hey, you know, let, let, me, let me know you need me. And they're like, ah, we don't, not for this, not for that, not for that. Fine. And I, I hated things like that where I would be doing less than I could do. And if and I always found that to be an issue with this career in general. If I am not working hard, it it's just I'm miserable. Like I yeah. need to really when I'm if you're putting me at a desk and you're giving me money, I need to like I really need to realize that I will work like crazy if you give me uh, tasks I'm going to enjoy. I will work in hours that I'm not supposed to work. Yeah. Like I'll be home. Like I, I've done this at for my other job, my real job at, at my at, at CNET. I will write scripts in my off time because I love doing that i really enjoy doing that I, I, but you know what i also think i think it's kind of the media and i think it's kind of the way jobs are perceived over the last i want to say 56 years due to television and radio and now with the internet uh we're supposed to hate our jobs if you look at television they make it seem like it's such a burden the guy gets in the car and he's sitting in traffic and all these things that we see at growing up we think this is what a job is supposed to be like. We're supposed to go to a dead-end job. Uh, we're supposed to go to a job that we hate the people there. Um, it becomes part of normal society and normal thinking that, okay, yeah, that's what a job is. You're supposed to dislike your job. You're not supposed to say, I only want to work someplace that I'm happy. I think that's a really bad way of thinking. Why should your job be miserable? Because your job is half your life. Mm-hmm. It's half your day. So if I told you that in life you're supposed – if a doctor came and said half the day you're supposed to be miserable. Uh, for nine hours a day you're supposed to be miserable. And if for nine hours a day you're supposed to be sleeping. And for the rest, yeah, you're supposed to be happy for the rest. You would think the guy's a kook. But that's what we're being told. That's what, that's what we're being conditioned to think that when we go to work, it doesn't matter. We just got to get through the day. Just five o'clock hit. We got to get out the door. That's what it is. And that's not a, that's not work. That's misery. That's torture. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Like, I I killed a commute. I when I was growing up, the idea was okay. You know, you grow up, you get married, you move to the suburbs, you get a car or two, you have a commute to work, uh, you do your job, you come home, you come home. do the same thing uh, over and over and over and over again. And I did the suburban life for a little bit. I lived in upstate New York yeah. in some a town called um, Croton on Harmon, which is. Was actually a punchline on Thirty Rock for once, which was very was biz- it yeah. It was a very bizarre, like it's not a, not a well known place. And this town was literally a bunch of people who just they they just they live there. They don't. There's no like huge venue to go to. It's not like there's oh here's an arena nearby, so like you, you know you want to go to a concert or something. There's like three restaurants. There's a grocery store. There was like nothing in this town other than like this was a place for people to have children, stay there. Here's your lawn. Here's your car. Yeah. There's the Hudson River. There you go. That's all you need. And I'm like, what on earth is this? And that kind of yeah. that life kind of drove me nuts because of this. I I just couldn't. There's no energy to feed off of. There's nothing. And there's like, and you, there's no sidewalks. There's you couldn't walk anywhere. You had to drive everywhere. Like, and I realized at that place that I was miserable because 
I need to walk. Like I need to go from point A to point B by walking. I don't need a car is not a bad thing to get to a sidewalk, but I don't want to have to drive yeah, to yeah. get to the walking areas. You yeah, know? I, I've I've become one of those people too. I will not drive. Uh, I'll take the, I'll sit and I'll take a commute that's forty five minutes instead of driving for forty five minutes. You know, I'll, I'll take the train or whatever. Um, but again, that's that's the that's Americana. You you get the kid, you get the dog, you get the wife, and you go to your crap job, and then you come home. And then you have, you know, burnt steak for dinner or pork chops and you go to bed. Yeah, challenging that, you know, years and years yeah. and years of programming. The American dream, as it's called, right? That that was something that, like, in college I was like, this is what the American dream is. This is what people do and this is how it is. And I was just like, why? wait, why? Uh, that That's one of the biggest things that I think has led to two different things. One, it's made me happier. And two, it sometimes makes me miserable because I'm actually questioning everything regularly. It's like, well, why do I do this? And why why do we have to... Like I, I had, I had to do, uh, I had to mow a lawn, right? I had a lawn in Croton on Harmon. I had to mow this thing, and I was like, I hate doing it. Yeah. I spend two hours every Saturday doing something I hate. If I spent two hours doing anything else once a week, I'd get really good at something. What if yeah. I learned a language or I brushed on a guitar? guitar. Yeah. Just like I, I could do stuff and get better at this. So why am I doing this? You could hire someone to do it. You know, I, I didn't. I was like, wait, a minute, I'm going to make it fun. That was the thing. I'm like, if it sucks. And I have to do it because, like, you've know, you got to make sure your lawn's all done. It's got to be all pretty, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to make this fun. I'm going to time it. I'm going to try to get faster. I'm going to try to run while I'm doing it, listen to fun music, listen to whatever else is going on. Can't listen to podcasts with a lawnmower, by the way. At least no, the earbuds are. Because it's really, yeah, because it's like, okay, so you're hearing this voice. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it in the side, yeah. It's damn near impossible. And then um, I, I tell you this story, right? Like I, I put a lightning bolt in my lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I decided that if I have to see this lawn every freaking day when I pull up with my car, there will be something cool waiting for me right on the lawn. So I, I cut in a lightning bolt. On the lawn, which was like about maybe seven feet tall, like I mean, yeah. it's a gigantic yeah. thing, seven by about two, so it's a really big lightning bolt. And I was like, "That's so cool!" I'm like, "I'm going to start a neighborhood trend." And my neighbors are like, "What are you? What are, you doing? are you a Tampa Bay you're, Lightning fan?" No, right? you're the guy with the I Rock on the front lawn with no with no tires, <laughs> just on the with the bricks. That's, that's what, me. That's what you are in your suburban little community. But it was it's a well manicured lawn with a lightning bolt on it. So I, I mean, I try to make. But it made you happy. That actually did. That I'm was not, such a silly thing to do, but it did make me happy. Every time I pulled up, I'm like, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Look at that. I, I'm not saying that, that that lifestyle is bad. Just if you're unhappy mm-hmm. doing what you're doing, that's when it's bad. There are people that go to work and they got, you know, just it's not a dead end job, but it's an office job. And they're sitting there and they go and they know this is it for them. And they're so happy with that. And that's phenomenal. That's great. I know people on the other side that they have a hardworking job. You know, their father was a plumber and their grandfather was a plumber. And now they're a plumber and they do it and they're miserable doing it or they're happy doing it. Just there's no job that that you have to do. I'm not saying that this avant-garde way of thinking with, with work is the way to do it. But if you're unhappy, you should not do it. Yeah. You I mean, know, you should, otherwise, you you're making yourself miserable. Although, yeah. I mean, listen, I know people that work 80, 90 hours a week and they love it. They love doing it. They love coming home afterwards and they love everything about it. For others, they just do it because that's what they think they're supposed to do. You know, somebody suggested in the chat room that when I had a lawn to switch it up for AstroTurf, right? And, and here's the thing I did look into that. Did you? I looked into getting fake grass. I'm like, I'm wasting this time. What if I didn't have to do that? And the funny thing is, this is this is totally an aside because I don't think anybody really cares about lawn maintenance on this show. But um, I was looking into this stuff, and what you have to do, you don't have to mow it, 
but you have to brush it. You have to brush it because yeah, it like actually a special comb for it. It'll get matted down, and yeah. so you have to get the special tool. It's like a rotary tool, and it'll actually brush this grass back up. Otherwise, so it's like cutting the lawn. Ex- exactly. So you still have to do maintenance on this okay. thing, and you do have to vacuum it. Because stuff doesn't decompose in it, oh, so right? It's like a special vacuum. You got to go around with the shop vac and clean up this. And I'm like, okay, so the maintenance level is not changing. I maybe will still it's have possibly more. Yeah, I mean, I can't send a Roomba out there. It's like, it's kind of... <laughs> you should maybe you can. <laughs> maybe, but the lawn was it was about a third of an acre, so not exactly the best way to yeah. do it. Uh, but yeah, that that was the thing about this. So like, it replacing it with this more maintenance concept. I was like, okay, this is a bad idea. Then I killed my commute. That was a big thing for me. I really enjoyed listening to all these shows and books and stuff on, on audio. But I'm like, okay, my commute, I want to be... When I moved out to California, I lived a mile from my job. And I would, I could walk if I wanted to on a good day. And was like, I barely ever did that. But I could drive. I would be there just in no time. I'd be home right away. I loved that idea. And right now, my commute is 30 minutes door to door. And that's great. Friends of mine are like... Oh, well, I don't live that far away. It's 45 minutes. I'm like, is it 45 minutes on the train or is it 45 minutes door to door? And they're like, oh, with door to door, it's like about an hour. Yeah, and that's brutal. That I can't stand. Um, I, had, uh, I had a business out on Long Island uh, when I was in my 20s, and I sold the business because of the commute. I, I, one, I was coming home. I'm driving down Northern Boulevard, and I was sitting in traffic for an hour and a half. Come home, and I go, what am I doing? Why? Why? Why am I doing this? I sold the business. I couldn't do it anymore. An hour each way. I mean, that's tremendous. Two hours of a commute for me to drive. For me, that's that's miserable. I don't want to sit in a car. I don't want to do anything more than forty-five minutes. There's nothing I want to do more than forty-five minutes. If I'm sitting still and if I'm not like engaged in something. We're actually gonna have to wrap up right now because oh. we're running out of we're time. We're running forty-five minutes. It's okay. over. <laughs> If if uh, this is silly, if people wanted to find you online, Andrew, how could they possibly find out anything about you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrew Zarian uh, or gfknetwork.com. We're on almost every day. We have a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you do as many shows as I do now. I do it's, only two shows oh, here doing two shows? right now. I feel like it's more. Uh, actually, you know, I, I I tallied it up. I do five shows a week. Uh, well, they come out weekly, but yeah, I do five shows right now, which is not. I'm not reaching Tom Merritt level. I'm, I gotta yeah. get to eight to ten. I'm going to get to 8 to 10. So I'm doing 4. Okay. I cut back. I'm done. I need I'm to increase. Finished. Yeah. More things. Yeah. So I do four shows. We have, I think, a total of 10 shows now on the network. And um, check it out. I mean, it may, it may not be up your you know, your alley, but... Could make you happy. Who knows? It could make you happy. It makes you happy. It makes me happy. So well, as long as I'm happy, that's what matters. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Andrew. Uh, we do this show once a month, actually. So there's a big hour-long recordings, like four hours of recordings. Uh, GFQ live.tv when we do it you should follow me on twitter if you're like hey when are when is the show on follow me on twitter i'm at ayas i put up the schedule when i when we're going to do this um what else do i need to tell you oh email address i have an email address for the show because you know what sometimes you don't want to tweet at me and say hey i have problems figuring out how to be happy um i think that's fine so you can email me at quest at gfqnetwork.com got that email address set up i've got a couple of viewer emails which is great i'm gonna have to write back to you guys sorry about that um, but yeah, so if you got any things that you got some insights and you got or concerns, you know, just let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll try to answer you and get as much, uh, info to you as possible. Um, I'm I as actor, by the way, I don't think I've ever said that in the actual episode. Uh, and thanks for watching.